Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Today I'm going to look at a reading, academic reading, uh, passage one, so that means it's good for general training as well. It's a reading that I used in class this week to practice a, a speed reading technique. So, you know, you have 20 minutes to read each text, basically. And this one is divided into three sets of questions. Actually, more like four. No, it's four sets of questions. So what we did was actually break up. So we said um, the first, you know, the first set of questions, that's six questions, so six minutes. And we just did that. We said, okay, timer, six minutes, find these answers. And we looked at how you could do that. And the first set of questions is all about matching information. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk you through how that might take a bit of time. But actually, once you've done that, the other questions can be done quite quickly because you've already read the text in some detail to answer the matching information questions. We're also going to look at the type of, how can I explain this? Well, if we look at the first six questions, everyone asks for a, a certain something. So, for example, number one, you need to find an account of, which means just basically an account of, if somebody tells you about. Number two is a description of, which again, somebody describes something. Number three is a hypothesis. Now, that's interesting. Hypothesis is a theory. So somebody's theory or belief or explanation as to why something happened. Number four is a demand for. So you have to look at the language. If you demand something, you ask for something very strongly. Number five is a list. It's a list of medical conditions. So you're looking for a list, which means you'd have comma commas to separate the things in the list. And then number six is just a simple one. It says a proportion. It says what proportion. So you're looking for a number or a percentage. Yeah, so that is part one, the first set of questions. And that might take some time. But we're going to look at how you can attack the text to find those things. Second set of questions is just open questions. Again, how can you attack the text to find the answers? Third set of questions, you have to choose two from a list. That's totally easy now at this stage once you've done the other ones. And then question 13, we don't often get, especially in passage one, but question 13 is what is the writer's overall purpose? So at the end, I'm going to show you a simple way of getting that answer correct. The topic, well, there's no heading, which is slightly unusual. So there's nothing to help you 
um, to guide you. So you have to read the text briefly to find out what they're talking about. The first line tells us really, it says hearing impairment or other auditory function deficit in young children can have a major impact on the development of speech and communication resulting in a detrimental effect on their ability to learn at school. That's it. So some technical vocabulary. In fact, I think this is a difficult one. It's from book nine and it's test two. And remember, it's passage one. So it should be quite simple. So we know the topic is all about problems with hearing and the effect that this has on children's ability to learn at school. It says this will have major consequences for the individual and the population as a whole and introduces that the research is set in New Zealand. The Ministry of Health has carried out some research over two decades and found that 6 to 10% of children in in New Zealand are affected by hearing loss. So there's the background. It's a kind of problem situation. Problem is people, children have hearing loss. It affects them and the population. So because of that, we can expect to find more details about the problem and then possibly Possibly a solution. Okay, so yeah, how many paragraphs? There are five, six, seven, eight, nine paragraphs. So, quick summary of them. Paragraph B talks about classroom noise being a big problem. Um, talks about modern teaching, um, the way we teach in groups, things like air conditioning, those kind of classroom noises and how this can affect um, people who, well, children who have hearing difficulties. Um, then it continues to talk about that in paragraph C where it says that this is becoming increasingly worrying and that the World Health Organization has established an international working party to evaluate noise in classrooms. So, yes, we had a problem. It's noise in classrooms. The solution, well, the World Health Organization is trying to do some research. Um, then it moves on a bit further. It says it also affects children with other kind of um, hearing impairments. For example, children with autism and attention deficit disorders. And they give those as abbreviations, ADD, ADHD, things like that. In E, it talks more about autism. And it describes it a little bit. And let's have a look. What does it say? Okay, it says other things that affect autism are um, crowd noise. They don't like being in crowds and noise from machinery. They find difficulty. So therefore, um, anyone, any child who finds this type of noise in the classroom difficult, then this will affect their learning. So it comes back to the same point. Um, 
what else? So it comes to paragraph F. It goes into more detail about why classroom noise is a distraction because children with these disorders can't screen out unimportant information. Um, paragraph G. Um, what else? Okay, still talks a lot about noise, to be honest. Um, talking about children, what words stand out? Talks about invisible disabilities and the fact that they're invisible so people don't actually do much to help them. Um, and I, I have... Oh, okay, I'll come back to that. H, it then talks about the New Zealand government and their disability strategy and what they're doing. They're talking about an objective three to make sure that all children have an equal opportunity. And then in paragraph I, it talks about other countries, what they're doing um, to reduce uh, the level of noise in the classroom. So, yeah, I found this text difficult because it seemed to be repetitive. It kept saying the same thing again. Basically, there's a lot of noise in the classroom. It affects learning. It affects autistic children in particular. And then what are they doing about it? So um, it's a subject close to my heart because I can't bear outside noise when I'm trying to concentrate the slightest thing. Music I can't bear. And unfortunately, I've passed this on to my son, who couldn't stay at school because of the noise um, he was surrounded by. Um, just couldn't work, didn't get anywhere, said it was too noisy. And I think a lot of children, are, I think there's more awareness of it now. So it's an important topic. Okay, so I've summarised those paragraphs and we'll come back now to the matching information. So remember, number one, we were looking for an account of a national policy initiative, whereas number two was a description of a global team effort. Now, if you're acting and thinking fast, then you have to take keywords. So national policy in one, global in two, national means it's only talking about the country. What is the country doing? What is their policy? So you go quickly, the country is New Zealand. It's only in paragraph H. And there, in the first line, it talks about the New Zealand disability strategy. So really, if you know what you're doing, you can find that very quickly. The national policy is the New Zealand strategy. That's number one is H. Number two, remember, we're looking for global, something global, some kind of effort. Well, the only time we heard about a global thing was the World Health Organization in paragraph C. And it has established an international working party. So synonyms again, international working party, the team the global, the international. Number two is therefore C. Now, number three is a hypothesis as to one reason behind the growth in classroom noise. So you're looking for a reason why the noise in classrooms has grown. Well, you've already seen that. It started in paragraph B where it talked about classroom noise. 
It says then, modern teaching practices, the organisation of desks in the classroom, poor classroom acoustics and mechanical means of ventilation such as air conditioning units all contribute to the number of children unable to comprehend the teacher's voice. So those are the reasons. This is a theory. It's the writer's theory. It's a hypothesis. So therefore, three is paragraph B. Number four, we are looking for a demand. And it says a demand for suitable worldwide regulations. Now, I often say that there's a mention about the future in the final paragraph. There's also a recommendation of what should be done in the future. We talk about this in task two. You should put some kind of consequence. If we don't do this, what will happen? Or the government should do more to tackle this problem. And it's exactly the same in an academic text. There will be some kind of what has to happen or what must happen in the future to improve the situation. So if we go to paragraph I, the last paragraph, um, where it is... Um, uh, sorry, number I, um, a demand, we're looking for a demand for suitable worldwide regulations. It clearly says in the last line, it is imperative. Imperative is a formal word to say that we must. It is imperative that. You could use that in task two, actually. I'm putting a circle around it now. It is imperative that the needs of these children are taken into account in the setting of appropriate international standards to be promulgated in future. There we've got it in the last line in future. So that. It is imperative that means we must. It's a demand. And therefore, for is last paragraph, I. Synonym for worldwide regulations? Well, international standards. Number five, we're looking for a list of medical conditions which place some children more at risk from noise than others. So forget about the rest of the sentence. We're just looking for a list of medical conditions, basically. And they were easy to find because they gave us the abbreviations. So in paragraph D, it says um, include hearing impairment, autistic spectrum disorders or ASD, and Attention Deficit Disorders, ADD or ADHD. And that is the list of medical conditions. That's all you need. Finally, question six asks us the estimated proportion of children in New Zealand with auditory problems. Even if you don't understand a single word in this text, all you need to do is find a number. And there is only one number in here. 
In paragraph A, the background paragraph, it says 6 to 10% of children in New Zealand are affected by hearing loss. So, you know, think about speed. Nothing else matters apart from finding a paragraph which has a proportion in it. The only paragraph here which has that percentage, it's easy to notice, is paragraph A. Good, let's move on. Question 7 to 10. So you've read this in some detail. The rest should go faster. Question 7 says, and you can use two words and or a number. What period of time has hearing loss in school children been studied in New Zealand? So how long have they been studying it? Go back to the background paragraph Paragraph A, you're looking for a number. It says it has um, research carried out over two decades. Two decades, that's your number and a word. IELTS loves the words decades because it's a synonym for 10 years. You can use it in your task one writing if you want. Um, because it's an excellent synonym. So pronunciation, decade, uh, stress is on the start. And here we need the plural, two decades. Question number eight. In addition to machinery noise, what other type of noise can upset children with autism? So you go to the bit about children with autism. It starts in paragraph E and you quickly look for machinery. Machinery stands out, really. Um, it's easy to find. You find that quickly in one sentence. That's it. It's only in one sentence. Here's the sentence. Those experiencing, uh, sorry, those experiencing these disorders often find sounds such as crowd noise and the noise generated by machinery painful and distressing so crowd noise and the noise generated by machinery so the question was in addition to machinery noise what other type of noise can upset children with autism so in that sentence you've got the two things Crowd noise and machinery noise. So the answer is crowd or crowd noise. So crowd, C-R-O-W-D. Synonym for it can upset children. Children can find it painful and distressing. Now, here's a trick for you. Number nine. What term is used to describe the hearing problems of school children which have not been diagnosed. So this is a really easy clue for you. Again, you don't have to read anything to find this answer. Where it says what term, term means what, what do they call it? And usually that means the word or the term is in inverted commas, those little like speech marks, shows the reader that this is a term, 
used to describe something. Sometimes it's in italics, but usually in inverted commas. So what term is used to describe the hearing problems of school children which have not been diagnosed? Well, if they have not been diagnosed, then they are invisible disabilities. So invisible in paragraph G is really easy to spot because of these little commas. And that's all you need. In question 10, so this is the last open question. What part of the New Zealand disability strategy aims to give school children an equal opportunity? So New Zealand disability strategy is four capital letters, easy to find. You quickly go to paragraph H in the first line. It says New Zealand disability strategy. You found it. OK, now what part of that strategy aims to give school children equal opportunity? Well, it says objective three of the New Zealand disability strategy is to provide the best education for disabled people by improving education so that all children, youth learners and adult learners will have equal opportunities. So it's a long sentence, equal opportunity at the end, like the question. But the question is, which part of this strategy? Well, there's only one part and that's called objective three. So I guess this strategy has many objectives and it's objective three, which is the one which aims to give school children equal opportunity. All right, let's move now to a different type of question. Easy now for you. Questions 11 and 12. It says the list below includes factors contributing to classroom noise. So you go back to the paragraph on classroom noise and here's a list of factors. I'm going to read the list of six. You choose two just from your um, listening to me. Basically, you can get these two easily. So which two things contribute to classroom noise, according to the text? A. Current teaching methods. B. Echoing corridors. C. Cooling systems. D. Large class sizes. E. Loud voiced teachers. F. Playground games. Could you guess them? Let's go through them. The first one says current teaching methods. Go back to the text. The first thing it says is modern teaching practices. So synonyms are usually the answer. Current is modern. Teaching practices are methods. So A is the first one. B. Echoing corridors. Nope, no mention of corridors. C. Cooling systems. What is a cooling system? Well, it's an air conditioning system, of course. So the, the 
text says mechanical means of ventilation, such as air conditioning units, all contribute to the number of children unable to comprehend the teacher's voice. So teacher's voice is mentioned there, but it's not part of the problem. The problem is the cooling systems. Your two answers are A and C. Be careful not to fall for the tricks. With D, it says large class sizes. You could imagine that is correct, but it's not in the text. F also says playground games you can imagine is a problem, but it's not in the text. Okay, so we've got to question 13, the last question, and I promised you a trick here. Um, how to deal with this kind of writer's overall purpose. So let me give you the choices. You've got four choices, A, B, C, D. A, to compare different methods of dealing with auditory problems. It sounds good, but the text does not compare methods of dealing with hearing problems. It may be, well, no, it talks about the problem of hearing problems. So that's not the purpose. It doesn't compare. That's not the purpose. B, to provide solutions for overly noisy learning environments. No, it doesn't provide any solutions for the actual environments. Um, you know, the environments, you, it, it is the school, the classroom noise. It doesn't say how we can stop that. C, to increase awareness of the situation of children with auditory problems. Here is our answer. Um, I said that you can easily find that and that the, the secret is actually it's always in the last paragraph. You don't have to think, oh my God, I have to read the whole thing again. No, of course you don't. You, the overall is usually mentioned in the last paragraph. So it says the literature to date on noise in school appears to focus on the effects of school children in general their teachers and the hearing impaired. Only limited attention appears to have been given to those students experiencing the other disabilities involving auditory function deficit. So yes, the text tries to increase the awareness of the situation of children with auditory problems. Finally, D, to promote New Zealand as a model for other countries to follow. No, there's no mention that it's a model. Um, in fact, it says New Zealand is following the global model, um, I think. So there's, that's not the case. Okay, so that was a passage one, a difficult passage one. And it's kind of easier if you could see the text, but that's not the purpose of my podcasts, really. The purpose is to highlight that there are easy ways of doing this. Um, also, that you need to be aware of the kind of topics that are discussed and also that you are aware of the type of questions that they use. That's the main aim of my podcast. 
And the did I say vocabulary? Sorry. <laughs> I think the vocabulary is my crucial, I think, the answer to everything um, to help you understand, obviously. So all of those aspects are um, something I focus on in the Members Academy where you can watch a video of me talking you through these um, readings, but actually getting you to do them at the same time. So it's not as boring as it may sound. I do try and make everything in the Academy uh, interesting as far as that is possible with IELTS. If you like my style on Instagram and, and Facebook, then you'll absolutely love being in the Academy. Remember, it's a place to get everything in one place. Everything is included. All of the materials, all of the videos, all of the downloadable ebooks, um, every online lesson I do every week, which means you can submit your writing. I give you feedback and I can see another one the next week so I can see if you've listened to my feedback. So there's lots going on. Do come and join us. Please go to my website, ieltsetc.com. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support. And I will see you next week. And I hope to put this on the website today. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.